Welcome back, my misties. It has been so long, and you're probably going and saying to yourself, bitch, you haven't uploaded an episode in almost two weeks. Has it been that long? Yeah, it has. The holiday season has been nuts. It's right around the corner. Are you ready? I feel like I'm ready, but I know there's something I'm forgetting. I always forget something. Running around, preparing the house for guests. I'm exhausted before the holidays arrive. Like, if we're being honest. The holidays are time for the family. They're time to create memories. Happy memories. Wonderful, magical memories. If you're lucky. Sometimes, though, this is the time of year that secrets are revealed. And we all know our parents from a child's eye. There's an old saying that in the eyes of a child, the parent is God. And sometimes we have amazing parents who can hide everything from us. Sometimes our parents are horrible. Sometimes they don't protect us. Sometimes they will hurt their children for their own gratuitous needs. And if that wasn't kind of foreshadowing as to what's going to happen in this episode, I've said it. There's, there's, there's some really messed up things with this episode. If you are triggered by sexual assault, please don't listen to this episode. It is very, very heavy. Very heavy. So that was kind of a long intro. If you're new here, my name is Christy and this is Murder, Mystery, and History. So I want to talk about Fred and Rosemary West. And this has kind of been something that I've briefly read upon, but I've never gone into full-on research mode for it. And today I did that. And sometimes when I'm researching murders or mysteries for this podcast, or researching in general, I lose all faith in humanity. I lose faith in people, their actions, and what they've done. And this is kind of one of those cases where it was like, really hard for me to even read about it because there's just so much going on and it's not like little bits here and there it's it's pretty bad it's pretty bad and I didn't realize how bad this was as naive that is to say so when we talk about Fred and Rosemary West as always because this is a murder episode we talk about childhoods because sometimes in childhoods there are warning signs or it'll show how far somebody is willing to go, how far they are willing to escalate to get what they need to get, to do what they need to do to relieve that urge. And this is one of those things where both parties had like giant red flags and it was like, hey, stop, don't do it. So. Rosemary, for her part, grew up with a paranoid schizophrenic father. And that's hard. Schizophrenia is not an easy disease. Um, if you, if you know nothing about it, that is a whole, a whole nother episode to talk about that. Please Google it. And her mother would suffer from de depression. And her mother suffered from depression so badly that she was giving elect given electroshock therapy. Now, I will go briefly into this. Electroshock therapy is a form of mild electrocution to try and cure the patient, zap the nerves, if you will. And it's, in my opinion, it's pretty barbaric. I don't think it did anything for a lot of people. I think, if anything, it was 
medical torture at best. I'm I'm not an ad. I will never advocate for that, and I think it is. It shouldn't have even been in circulation in the medical field. That's an opinion, and that's mine. Now, Rosemary's mother was given electroshock therapy while she was pregnant with Rosemary. And the argument will be made later during trial that this harmed Rosemary in utero, and this caused some sort of damage to her brain. Well, that's something that the defense stated. As Rosemary grew and started going through puberty, she became obsessed with her developing body. At age 13, she would pose naked in front of her nine-year-old brother, and she would literally start changing down to nothing in front of a nine-year-old. Eventually, she would escalate. She would molest her brother. If that's not a warning sign, I don't know what is. So let's talk about Fred for a second, because... We won't hear about Rosemary until a little bit further down. That's why we're going to Fred now. Fred, for his part, initially was described as a child as scruffy, dim, wasn't going to amount to much. He was always in trouble. For the rest of his life, he would be functionally illiterate. Now, functionally illiterate is like you can sign your name, you can read a few things, but you wouldn't be able to sit down and read a novel. That's... I mean, he could function day to day, but he would have a very hard time signing a contract kind of thing. And this is usually what functionally illiterate is. You can function, but just barely in terms of like reading, writing, that kind of thing. At the age of 12, Fred would claim his mother would introduce him to sex. He was always his mother's favorite child. And it's, he is noted that his mother would always state he was her favorite. And he was just self-described, and by his mother, as a mama's boy. Keep this in mind. And I want to just briefly say that this, he was born in the 40s, and um, Rosemary was born in the 50s. Just to give you some kind of context, what the world was like then. Because, I mean, it, now if your kid's doing this kind of thing, you would rush them off to... A therapist or something or talk to a doctor you, you would do something so again at the age of 12 Fred would claim that his mother would introduce him to sex as well he would start sexually assaulting animals he would also claim that his father would rape his sisters his youngest brother would eventually say that these were fantasies of a delusional mind and that never happened so after his 17th birthday in 1957, he would get into a motorcycle accident and he would develop such a horrendous fear of hospitals. Even suggesting going to one would send him into an absolute rage. He would randomly grope young women and young girls. And there was no shame in doing this. He would like just go up and grab a body part, fondle, whatever, to get his rocks off. And it was, it was pretty bad, actually. And it, it wasn't, it was just random women, random young girls. And the funny thing is, this kept happening until one woman pushed him away and he fell two floors down. And really, he did have to go seek medical attention then. But in this case, what's most disturbing 
oh, I hate saying this, is he had been raping his 13-year-old sister and she ended up pregnant. And in the thing is, in 1961, his, his sister told her mother what was going on, and now she's pregnant. And it's been happening since the December prior. He was arrested, and when the police were questioning him, he, he admitted to police that he had been molesting young girls since his early teens. And he asked the police officer, I thought this was normal. Doesn't everybody do it? Disgusting. Disgusting. His family prepared to testify against him. The only person who wanted to testify in defense was his mother. She was disgusted by his actions, but she was ready to testify in defense of him which speaks volumes alone. Like, I understand that you love your child, but that's disgusting. Way to show the victim she doesn't even care. Your other child. Congratulations. So, his 13-year-old sister refused to testify. The case eventually got dropped. Unfortunate. And most of his family disowned him, but he was eventually forgiven by his parents in 1962. This wasn't like a 10-year stretch where like he his family didn't believe him or anything. It was like maybe a year, which in itself is disgusting. Let's be honest with each other. So this is all pretty fucked up so far, isn't it? Hold my beer. So in the early 1960s, Fred met Catherine Costello. Now, Catherine Costello was pregnant when they met. She had left town because her parents were upset because her baby was going to be biracial and the thing is there's no problem with a baby being biracial but again this was in Europe in England and Scotland so the United Kingdom at the time so there still was a fair amount of racism then unfortunately so after the baby's born they would have another baby together and they would have a nanny and the nanny would later testify that Fred would lock the children in their beds and the only time they were allowed out was when he was at work. He was verbally, emotionally, physically abusive to his wife and the children. He would also have numerous affairs with anyone who would have him and he would later have an illegitimate child and once his wife found out that he was having an affair, what's good for Goose is good for the gander. She began to have one as well. Fred would later catch his wife and her lover. He would hit Catherine, but her lover hit him, and that was it. He wouldn't defend himself. So he can hit women, he can hit children, but he can't hit a man. Congratulations. You're a piece of shit, Fred West. In 1965, he would actually, Fred would actually hit and kill a small boy with a vehicle. While he was cleared of any wrongdoing, he packed his family up from Glasgow and moved to Gloucester. From Scotland to England, if my geography is correct. If I am wrong, somebody please tell me, because I don't want to look like an idiot. So, in 1966, the demands Fred would make would begin to get worse and more disturbing. He would start to sexually assault his stepdaughter and he would encourage his wife to begin prostituting. For his wife, this was enough. Like, she had to leave. 
She had to take these children and she had to leave. A plan was made to escape. Catherine Costello was able to leave. The children weren't. The police became involved and left the children in Fred's care. Fred soon became very, very friendly with an 18-year-old girl named Anne McFall. She was a friend of the nanny who would later testify. McFall was convinced that Fred would marry her and she would actively try to persuade him to divorce his wife to be with her. So in July of 1968, McFall was 18, eight months pregnant with Fred's child. She disappeared. Her dismembered remains were found. Many finger and toe bones were missing, but her unborn child was not. It would, they, they couldn't find the unborn child. It may have been cut out of her after she was dead. Fred would deny this every single time he, he was asked when he was in custody. On one occasion, though, On one occasion, pardon me, I just had you on there. On one occasion, he would admit to killing her after an argument. Come on, bro. Like, unreal. Catherine, his first life, would later come back, but she'd leave again, and she was unable to take the kids with her. This was the biggest mistake. When Fred had no woman in his life to take care of these kids, he would temporarily place them in foster care, so... We have a father who sexually abuses, emotionally abuses, physically abuses. And then if there's no one to take care of these kids, he doesn't feel like doing it. Why would he? To place somebody in foster care is a serious thing. I mean, I don't know how he kept getting these kids back. I, I, I am flabbergasted, quite frankly. So it's 1968. The stage is set. Rosemary's about to meet Fred. Rosemary would be 15 in stark contrast to Fred, who was 27. And initially, Rosemary was pretty unimpressed with, I would say, his appearance, I should say. He was pretty disheveled, and she would refuse to go out with him, but would let him walk her home after her shift at the bakery store, or bakery shop. And they would start dating shortly after. And soon, he would ask her to become his live-in nanny, which she accepted. And it would be several months later, she would bring Fred home to her parents. Her parents, quite frankly, were absolutely correct with what I'm about to say. They would say he's a pathological liar, which was true. And Rosemary's father would threaten to call social services if Fred didn't leave his daughter alone. For her part, Rosemary would keep seeing Fred. There was nothing that would make her stop. And rumors would begin to circulate that she was prostituting around the area where he lived. Her parents had enough, and they put her in a home for troubled teens. Basically, this was like, we're going to put you here. They're going to watch you. We don't know what to do with you anymore. Maybe you need structure in your life, whatever, that kind of thing. And this did nothing at all. And every time she went on the weekends to go visit her parents, she would just duck out to go see Fred. Literally. And she would just be gone the entire weekend. And her parents would never be able to find her. So, when she went back to the home, 
it became quite noticeable what was going on with Rosemary. She was pregnant. And the home basically told her, like, you, you, you have to leave, terminate the pregnancy, and you have to go home to your family. And you have to think, this is in the 60s, like, that's, abortion was not very, I would say, acceptable. And if you have a problem with abortion, don't come at me. It's my body, it's my choice. It's every woman's choice. And if you're going to come after me for that, I, you're not going to, it's not going to get very far with you, friend. So, she refused to terminate the pregnancy, refused to go live with her parents. She went to go live with Fred. That's it. That was her choice. She said, it's Fred or nothing. And her father literally said, if you go live with Fred, you are not allowed back in this house ever. And he stayed true to that promise. So it's 1970 now. Fred and Rose would bring a beautiful baby girl in 1970 into the world. There is speculation, however, that the father was not Fred. It was Rosemary's father. That's speculation. I don't know if it's true or it's not true. The only person that I feel like would have the proper answer would be Rosemary West. Nobody wants to go talk to her. So Fred would be put into jail until 1971 for theft of car parts. And the two older girls from his first marriage were put through various emotional and physical abuse from Rosemary at this time. The oldest, which would have been Charmaine, which would have been the first of Catherine's daughters, would have had the worst time because Rosemary did everything to try and break that girl's spirit and Charmaine would not have it. She would physically sit there and say to Rosemary, don't swear at me, you're not my mother. My mother would never speak to me like that. This would only make things worse. Charmaine would have received treatment for severe puncture wounds in the ER, and that should explain the abuse these kids suffered. Charmaine would be found in a coal cellar, naked, and several bones missing. Her fingers, toes, knees, and ankle bones would have been missing. This was where she was put dead before Fred got out of jail. When Fred was released from prison, he would put her body in the yard, close to the back door in the home they live in. This was a little girl whose mother's family didn't want her because she was not fully Caucasian, which is disgusting. This was a girl who wanted her real mother to come and save her and ended up being murdered by her stepmother. And I think that's disgusting. And I think this little girl deserved much better than she got. And I just think it's pretty fucked up. And I have a hard time with this. I have a very hard time with this. When questioned, Rosemary made the excuse her mother came and got her because it was convenient. Catherine, which would have been Charmaine's mother, 
in August of 1971, went to demand to Fred to get custody of her daughters. She was noticed as anxious, scared, and nervous. This would be the last time anyone ever saw her alive. She was strangled and sexually assaulted. Her body would be dismembered and put into plastic bags and buried next to a cluster of trees. I want you to think about that. Within months of each other, they're both murdered. I think there's a lot to unpack just in those two murders. And I want to just stop for a second, take a breather, and let you know that Rosemary and Fred were active. Even if they weren't together from this time period, they were killing from 1967 to 1987. That's... Think about how long that is. That's when the active killing was happening. So, you're probably asking yourself, what happens next? Is this the end? How brutal does this get? Hold my beer. So the couple would, Fred and Rosemary Matt West would purchase a home and Rosemary would give birth to a second daughter. And the home they purchased, they were going to make it into a lodging home, which is kind of a lodging home is basically if you can't afford like a full apartment, you would rent a room kind of thing. And this was like pretty popular in Europe. I don't know if it's still popular in Europe, but it was pretty popular like in the 40s, 50s. The pair would do this to supplement the meager income that Fred would get. Rose Marie, Rosemary, Rosemary began to prostitute again. And the interesting thing here is Rosemary, for this time period, I mean, it's not uncommon now, but in this time, in the 70s, this wasn't very... This wasn't something you would come across very often. She would have sex with both male and female lodgers. And she would generally increase the brutality with each encounter. She would suffocate. She would hit. She would use larger-than-large dildos with the partners. And Fred and Rosemary were into severe BDSM. Which, if that's your bag, that's your bag. I don't, I don't really care. But they would add bestiality into it. And um, extremely graphic child pornography. Fred would end up adding an extra room with an outside door lock onto the house. So Rosemary would have a room just for her and her clients, if you want to call them that. And he actually put a baby monitor with a video in so he could watch and hear what was going on in the room. So you're probably going, this is, this is a lot. Like, this is not, this is a lot. This is, this is a lot. By 1977, Fred and his father-in-law opened a cafe together, which is surprising because they hated each other. And by 1983, Rose had given birth to eight eight children. Some were interracial, as they were fathered by her clients. To hide this, when asked why their, some of their kids' skin was darker than the others, Fred would state his grandmother had been 
African, and that's why. And these children would suffer extreme abuse from their mother, sometimes from Fred, but mostly their mother. Two of these eight children would end up running away, thank you, Jesus. These children would suffer horrific things from Rosemary. Chasing them with kitchen knives, hitting them, kicking them, punching, you name, you name any form of torture, and that's what these kids endured. And I don't even want to, like, that's the gentle version. I'm giving you the gentle version of the story because, like, I even had a hard time just writing this out. And the thing that's surprising to me is between 1972 and 1992, these children were admitted to the ER 31 to 33 times. Social services never got involved. Remember Charmaine? Remember how her mother had two children and then left? The second of Catherine's children was Anna Marie. And this is going to be hard to listen to. At the age of eight, her father and her stepmother would take her into the cellar and take turns raping her. She was forced into prostitution at the age of 13. But don't worry. Rosemary was always in the room when this small child was taking clients. To have that kind of horrific imagery is awful. And again, when I was researching this case, it's details like that that broke my heart. So, the Wests would get a new nanny named 17, named, named Carolyn Owens, who was 17 years old. And she soon realized something was wrong. She didn't want this job anymore. Something was wrong about the house. Something was wrong about the kids. She wanted to leave. And she, she had told the Wests that, I want to leave. This isn't the right job for me. Thank you for the opportunity. She was then drugged and raped by this couple. And I'm I'm not even gonna say like what happened during because it's pretty it's pretty graphic, even by like this podcast standards. Like if if you wanna like go and read about Rosemary and Fred West, you can, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into detail about what happened to this girl when she was drugged and raped. Um, so they had threatened to kill her. They had told her if she told anybody, we'll kill you, we'll bury you out in the backyard. And Fred would say, I've killed upwards of hundreds of girls. If you talk, you'll be next. So she did whatever they said only to escape later on. She literally got up after being assaulted, started vacuuming to make them think that she was going to be complacent. And when her and Rosemary had gone to a laundry service or a laundry store, a dry cleaning store, she ended up booking it out just to escape. And she ran home to her mother. And her and her mother went to the police. 
But when Owens refused to testify because she had been humiliated and scared and ashamed and the psychological trauma that went with all of this, the case was dropped. However, the Wests were charged with indecent assault and causing bodily harm. They were only charged $50 and they were allowed to walk free. When Owens heard this, she tried to commit suicide. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's, this is awful. Absolutely awful. In August of 1992, Fred would be arrested for raping his daughter. All of the remaining children in the home would be placed in foster care. Now, Heather West was one of the couple's children, and she'd been missing for a couple of years. And the West had told everybody, oh, she's working on whatever farm, in the orchard, doing whatever. They would even fake phone calls from her to have the other children believe this is what happened. She, in June of 1987, began telling people about the abuse at her home. She was trying to escape. She was trying to get somebody to believe her and someone to help her. Fred is known to have told the other children, you better be careful you don't end up like Heather under the patio. Be careful you don't end up like Heather under the patio. One of her siblings would state that he watched Rosemary kick Heather repeatedly till she stopped moving. He would watch Rosemary stomp on her head. And that was her child that she carried for nine months. Police would raid the house and find torture devices as well as human remains. Now, Rose would state she never murdered anybody. She tried to, you know, she would try and stop the sexual abuse. She didn't know of any murders. Girl, please. Fred, before testifying, would commit suicide. Go figure. Rose would be convicted of 10 murders and sexual assault and given life imprisonment with no parole. She would even appeal this and state she was a victim of Fred. However, in the Court of Appeals... The appeals office refused to even entertain that. They refused to even listen to her appeal. Thank God. To this day, Rosemary continues to state she's innocent. Girl, please. I'll believe that like I need a hole in the head. You're not innocent. Don't. You knew exactly what was going on and you were getting off on it. Piece of shit. So. She's incarcerated, and both of Rose's oldest biological children and her stepdaughter, Anna Marie, would initially visit her in prison on a regular basis. Although, by 2006, she had ceased contact with them after one of her eldest children began asking questions. Like, did you do it? Why'd you do it? And Rose would state, I was never a parent then, and I could never be now. The sole visitor who continues to visit... Rosemary in prison is Anna Marie. The one she forced into prostitution is the only one that visits her. Go figure. Rosemary, interestingly enough, would have an affair with a woman named Maya. Now, 
Maya is actually another British serial killer. Isn't that weird? And they ceased to have this affair because they wanted to be prison royalty, interestingly enough. So when we talk before Fred committed suicide, he would confess to murdering up to 30 people and has, there's about 18 victims that they don't know who they are. And four young women similar in age and physical characteristics to those Fred was later charged with murdering are known to have disappeared in the time that he lived in Glasgow. Interesting, isn't it? And when he lived in Glasgow, he rented a garden that was close to the house, and he would go and hang out there a lot, although only a small part of it was ever cultivated. And Fred is... Fred has been quoted as saying, he used that part for something special, but he'd never tell a soul. And much of this happened in the early hours of the morning. Go figure. So, what about the kids? You're probably wondering, what the hell about the kids? The four youngest were given new names, new identities, and they were placed in foster care, and hopefully they got the help they need. Needed. Need. So, I hope they got the help, because growing up in that house would have been horrific. Absolutely horrific. Now, Anna Marie, the only one who visits Rosemary West, tried to commit suicide in 1999. Stephen West, another of the West's children, made a suicide attempt in 2002. In 2004, he was jailed for having sex with a 14-year-old on multiple occasions. The couple's youngest son, named Barry, took his own life by drug overdose. Oh, actually, he took his own life almost a year ago. He died October 2020. He battled drug addiction and psychiatric problems as a result of the abuse he witnessed as a child. There are about 13 plus victims that we know of, and again, Fred would say that he murdered up to 30 people, and there are about 18 undiscovered victims. This was a hard episode to record because, really, like that's a lot. And I can't, for me, this is hard because there is so much here to unpack. And because, I mean, this is horrendous. Their house eventually became known as a house of horrors. It's, it's, it is crazy how long they got away with this. It's crazy that so many people were hurt. And it's crazy to me that Rosemary's saying she was innocent because you're not, girl. We know you're not. So on a lighter note, if you enjoyed this episode, the best praise I can ever get is if you share an episode with a friend and they like it. 
And you're probably asking yourself, where can I send my friend to listen to your podcast? Good question. So you can follow me on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. That's a lot, but don't worry, we got this. And if there's a murder you want me to talk about and be disgusted with the murderer, you can email me at murdermysteryandhistory at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, Murder Mystery and History. Same profile picture as the podcast. And you know what? Your girls finally got with the times. I've got Twitter now. So you can also follow me on Twitter. And it's Murder, Mystery, and History. Same picture as the podcast. So. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And until we meet again. <laughs>